Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Build Your Tribe. Tons of new content over on my other podcast called The Shalene Show. It's kind of a life coaching podcast, so I'm sure you'll find some very relevant topics there from how to deal with difficult people, parenting tips, you name it, we've talked about it on The Shalene Show. So if you're looking for new content, if your morning routine includes personal development, I would be so honored to be a daily part of that. So check out The Shalene Show. This episode, we're gonna talk about some of the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to networking, both networking online and networking at live events. But before we get into that, and you you can feel free to fast forward through this little rant, I have to start this episode off with a rant about phone cords. Thank you for allowing me to indulge. What's going on here? Cords central. Okay, me, me, me. All right, cool. All right, enough with the rant. Now on to today's content. Today, I want to talk to you about some of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to networking. So if you know people who perhaps you serve, whether it's networking online or networking in person, right? And some people refer to this as sales. Some people refer to it as connections, but pretty much everyone needs to needs other people. I want to start with a story. The second business seminar I ever attended, I attended by myself. The first one I ever went to was when my husband and I were first married. Our son was probably one years old and we went to a business seminar and I took him and I took my best friend so that I wouldn't have to network with anyone, right? Now, my best friend at the time was pretty excited about going. My husband, not so much. He was like, I'll go. But I took them so that I wouldn't have to talk to anybody else because as you probably know, I am a introvert. And so I really wanted to just go consume the information, not have to talk to anyone, not have to make any new friends and get the heck out. The second business seminar I really ever attended was about 15 years later. And it was a seminar called the World's Greatest Speaker Academy. And it was with Brendan Burchard, Bo Eason, who I did not know at the time, and Roger Love, who I did not know at the time. And really, I didn't know Brendan Burchard at the time either. I had watched some of his videos online. I loved his energy. I loved the information that he was giving. And I decided to go to that seminar. Let me tell you why. Because I knew that he associated with Brian Tracy. And one of the things I always suggest people do when they're trying to get on the radar of someone else is get on the radar of their outer perimeter first, right? So that by the time your name comes up, all of the people who that person who is your, you know, your target, your goal, your mentor, if you will, by the time your name is mentioned, all of the people who they trust and associate with will have already mentioned your name, right? And they will already have said good things about you, or at least you're already on their radar, And so that's the truth. That's why I went to Brendan Burchard's first seminar. I went by myself and I was so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. I didn't want to go there by myself and I really didn't want to talk to anybody. And when I walked in, I thought, I don't look like any of these people. They're all middle-aged white men. And a few like, I don't know. I don't want to describe what people look like because then you're going to think I'm making judgments, but like, just put it this way, you know? One of these things is not like the other. That's how I totally felt. And I was really, really uncomfortable. 
But I thought, okay, okay, you know what to do. You know what to do. Put yourself outside of your comfort zone. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Make conversation. It's not going to kill you. You're curious about people. So just walk up and ask those curious questions that you have. I always have the questions. I just don't always want to engage, but I always have the questions, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, force myself. So I forced myself to talk to this young guy in line, young guy, you know, he's, I don't know, a couple years younger than me, maybe. I went for the young white guy instead of the old white guy. And I started talking to him and, you know, having a nice friendly conversation, of course, at all times, I don't know what it is about me, but when I'm talking to dudes, I try to like make sure it's very clear that I'm not flirting with you. So I take on this like weird persona. I don't know how to to describe it. Like, unless I can tell it's a gay guy, then I'm like, can we be best friends? Because I love all my gay guys. But like, if it's a straight guy and he's kind of attractive, I put on this like, it's almost like a, a bitchy type demeanor. I don't know. It's not very friendly. That's all I can say because I don't want it to be misinterpreted that I'm flirting because I'm like, I have a ring and I'm not here to meet someone, right? But I was still like trying to have this friendly conversation. And so right away, I like always talk about my husband and my kids and try to find out. And I find out, oh, he's got kids and he's married too. I'm like, perfect. And he's a nice guy. And we're just talking in line before the seminar starts. And he says, my partner was supposed to come. I have VIP tickets, which means I get to sit in the front would you like the other ticket? I'm like, yes. Okay. I didn't talk to him because I knew he was in VIP, but because I stepped outside of my comfort zone and was just curious about him, I wasn't trying to make any business connections. I was just trying to be curious about him. I was moved up into VIP. Here I was sitting in second row. I'm like, oh, this is just so perfect. And so it was this gentleman who, um, he was an accountant that had started an online business that helped people prepare for the CPA exam. And then it was me. And then there was an older gentleman next to me. (sighs) Brendan does some great, very interactive stuff in his seminars. And a lot of seminars, they do this kind of thing. I'll tell you one thing you're never going to have to do one of my seminars. You're never, ever, ever, ever going to have to massage the person next to you. Ever. <laughs> no. No, because I've been to too many seminars where they're like, okay, now turn and let the person behind you give you a massage. And I'm always like, oh God. No. No. Mm-mm. No, I'm not. No. No. Right? Dude, I can't tell you how many seminars now I've since been to where this must be like the how to conduct a seminar manual. I'm like, no, fine. Human touch is great. But like between myself and my husband, thank you very little. Anyways, so the man sitting next to me is this older gentleman. I've already stepped out of my box. Okay. I've already made a conversation and I've already landed myself in VIP. No new friends, no new friends, no new friends, no new friends. In the words of great philosopher, Drake. And I'm thinking this guy next to me keeps looking at me and he keeps, you know, kind of giving me that body language like, So I'm thinking to myself, okay, first of all, he wants to hit on me. So this older dude just won't stop staring at me. So I'm like, not going to give in. I'm like, you know, when they're like, look for a partner. I'm like, you're like, I don't see one. Right. Then we do the uncomfortable shoulder massage thing. And I'm just like, like he was probably thought he was massaging someone with rigor mortis. And I'm like, I just don't like this kind of thing, man. I do not like that. And I'm just not being friendly at all. But there was a lot of interacting, a lot of interacting going on at this particular seminar. And so I had to partner up with them a couple of times, just quick little things like you'd run an idea by them and then he'd run an idea past you. 
this older gentleman. And I just was being very frigid. There's no other way to put it. I was uncomfortable. I didn't want to get to know him. I really wasn't even being curious at this point because I'm like, hey, I already did that. I did that like 20 minutes ago. I'm good. And I really avoided trying to talk or interact or give him any of the wrong impressions because I felt like I know this guy is like trying to hit on me or something, right? So then at one point in the weekend, I think it was probably like day two, maybe it was even day three, we had the opportunity to stand on stage and deliver a one minute speech in front of Brendan Burchard, Bo Eason and Roger Love. It was the very first time they'd ever done World's Greatest Speaker Academy. Now this is in 2010. And so they had no idea who I was and I really didn't have any idea who they were. I was just an attendee who kind of snuck her way into VIP. And when I went on stage, I asked, cause he was the only one who was there, the man next to me, would you mind writing down whatever feedback they give me in my notebook? Cause I, you know, I really wanted to take that feedback. You know, that's why it was so cool to be in VIP. So when they gave me feedback, he wrote out their suggestions to me and the things that I should work to improve. And that was very kind. And then later on, we did an exercise where you had to share like a part of your story. And you had to run that story by your partner. And Mr. Accounting turned to his right, which mean I was left going, okay, it's me and you, right? And so I turned to this gentleman who I've been super frigid to the entire time, and he went first. And he shared this story about how he and his wife had run this very successful software company and that they had incredible success. Children together married, I think something like 40 years. I mean, they literally were self-made millionaires and they did it the hard way. Hustle, grind, hustle, grind. And they finally had this like, just, I mean, it was like the ultimate American success story where they built this software company from nothing and then they sold it. And the year, I believe it was the year that they sold it his wife died of cancer and he broke down crying. And I'm like, I am such an ass. Oh my God. And I felt for him in that moment. And then he told me how the reason why he was there is because he wanted to learn to be a speaker and he wanted to help other people. He realized his purpose now was to help others realize that What was the point? He didn't even have his wife to enjoy it now. They'd worked all their lives. And he said, we didn't take vacations. We didn't get to enjoy each other. We didn't get to enjoy any of these things because I kept thinking the next big thing would be around the corner. And now here I am at the end of my life and I don't have my wife by my side. And he goes, forgive me, but I just kept staring at you because you look so much like my daughter. I'm such a jerk, right? So it gets worse. I didn't write down his name. I figured I would remember it, you know? And I don't remember it. I don't remember his name. I can picture him. I can picture his eyes. I remember how in that moment when he shared his story, I immediately was like, that's why I'm here too. And I'm figuring it out much earlier than you. Like, I really remember thinking, we have so much in common. This is amazing. I like you. You're not trying to hit on me. You think I look like your daughter. Like, it was insane. And in that moment, I decided I would never, ever attend a conference or walk into an environment where there are other, quote unquote, people to network with the same way ever again. 
because it is not about networking. The number one mistake that you can make is networking. Don't network ever. I can't think of a good reason to ever approach something from the standpoint of networking. I don't think you should connect. Just connect with people. And because I had a networking mindset, my walls were up because I thought he's going to want something from me. I don't want anything from him. So there's no point to connect. Now I recognize that like every single encounter with another human being is an opportunity to connect. Do you guys ever watch the show Undercover Boss? And have you ever noticed how on every single episode, it's like, do they screen these people in advance and find like that? You know, do they only pair them up with people who have a heart-wrenching story or like this inspirational story? I don't think so. I think that show really exemplifies how important it is to just connect with people because everyone has a story. But it's listening for the details and seeing how significant they are, how huge their stories are. One of the very best things that ever happened to me in that seminar had really nothing to do with why I was attending the seminar. It wasn't about public speaking. It was his story and three other people that I connected with after his story that I was like, oh my gosh. And I connected with Lori Marrero. She's the author of The Clutter Diet. And I don't think I would have or anyone else for that. I like my guard was up and I didn't want, I was, didn't want to network with anyone. So for me, that meant I'm not going to connect with anyone either. And, but after that conversation, I really truly felt different about these things. I want you to know that the next opportunity you have where you're feeling uncomfortable and like you're supposed to network and you bring that extra person so you don't have to talk to anyone else, don't do that. So my number one tip, is connect. My number two tip is come prepared. And what do I mean by come prepared? Come prepared with questions of interest to be genuinely and authentically interested in people. So it means you have to shut up about yourself and how awesome you are and trying to make sure everyone knows that you deserve to be there too. Just zip it, www.noonneedstohearit.com and listen And then that little question like where they didn't connect the A and the B or, but you're like wondering, but wait, was that five years ago? Or so did you do that first? And and so how did you get, every question that pops in your head, ask it. It's not hard at all, but write some of those questions down in advance so that you don't feel awkward when you're with someone because they feel awkward too. So it's just much easier if you're that person, right? Except if you happen to sit with someone who's also doing the same thing, well then go back and forth and back and forth. Don't dominate with all the questions. So number one, connect. Number two is to really listen and to make sure you're prepared. You're prepared with questions that have nothing to do with business and really nothing to do with where you're at for the seminar. Some other things I wanted to remind you about is Don't forget the follow-up, right? When you have an opportunity to meet someone who's like really cool, even if you're like, well, I don't think that we have, like that gentleman, you know, we're, we're not really in the same business. So in most cases, people don't follow up unless they think there's some opportunity for us to do business together again, right? I think that's a phony way to go about things. Like if it's a true connection, if it's truly someone who you like and you felt a connection with them, you should just follow up. 
I think the mistake that most people make is they only follow up with people who they want to have a future business relationship with. And so they only follow up with like, hey, you know, I want to take you up on that offer to have uh, have me featured on your podcast, right? So what's the best way to follow up is to just stay in contact. Like, for example, here's a great example. And that is, oh, my God, I've got two major Periscope examples. How do I tell these stories? I know how. Okay. Here's a great Periscope example. Alex Kahn is one of the nicest, coolest, genuine people I've ever met. I swear. I met him on Periscope. He came to California. He lives in Germany. Alex, if you follow him if you don't follow Alex. He came here to the house and he went to a football game with us. And, you know, he's cool. But after that date, every couple of four or five days, I get a quick either text from him or a Twitter DM. And it's things like, for example, when he was here, I was talking to him about what we do and and some contacts and things I could help him with. And he had something that he's done in his past businesses that would really help our business. And he's followed up with me three times and said, Shaleen, if you're too busy, let me know who I can help on your staff because I think you've got this great opportunity in your business to do this. And, you know, I want to definitely thank you and let me know who I can help and give this information to on your staff. He's followed up with me, like saying, not how can I help you, but here's how I know I can help you. And even if you're too busy, let me help you. Right. Which is awesome. Okay. That's one example. Another example is another, perhaps even more popular periscoper who, when I followed up with them, crickets on simple things not asking for something, just simple things. But they've reached out to me two or three times when they want something for me to feature them on this or to share that or to announce this on Facebook. So that leads me to my third and final point, and it's this. Harvey McKay is the author of a book, Fill Your Well Before You're Thirsty. I had the opportunity to meet Harvey McKay, and he's awesome. He's such a cool guy. Read the book, Harvey McKay. and. I know you guys are asking who that other Periscoper is. I ain't gonna tell ya, I ain't gonna tell ya, I ain't gonna tell ya, but let's leave it at that. Okay, Harvey McKay wrote the book, Fill Your Well Before You're Thirsty. The gist of the book is how important it is to make sure you've taken care of other people long before you're thirsty. Because too often, just as was the case in the example I gave you, where a top Periscoper continually reaches out to me to either promote them or do something to, you know, that's good for them. And they haven't done anything for me, but he keeps reaching out because he's thirsty, right? Whereas the relationship with Alex Khan, who's, I'm using these two examples because they're people who I've met via social media. So it's, that's social media networking versus social media connections. So then with Alex Khan, he just keeps filling the well. So My suggestion to you is that this is really important. I want you to write this down, okay? If you are always, always filling other people's wells, I'll bet you'll never be thirsty. You won't even have to ask for water because if you're filling other people's wells without the intention of a payback, I doubt that you'll ever be thirsty. He who helps the most gets the most. That is so true, right? Brett and I and our team, there are people and programs and books that we promote. And very rarely do we get a reciprocal. By reciprocal, I mean in in this industry, it is the industry standard 
that it is send for send. And that's just the truth. That is the industry standard. So that when somebody agrees to send for your book, there's an industry standard expectation that you will then send for theirs or they will then send for yours. It's reciprocal. In fact, so much so that in a lot of affiliate marketers, a lot of affiliate marketing, people with big lists, they will say, I will promote your program to my list. So let's say I have a list of 500,000 people and this other person has a list of, say, 2 million. And when I send, we send to, say, 100,000 or we send to our whole list, which is, you know, half a million. Then they'll, then they'll only send to a half a million. It's like, I will give you exactly what you gave me. I don't operate that way. I don't like that. I don't think that way. And I don't believe it's, in my opinion, it doesn't feel right for me, you know? And I could be wrong. And I know it frustrates the heck out of people. I know it can frustrate our team oftentimes because they know if I am going to promote someone, it is because I believe in it. And I want it in the hands of other people. And I want other people to find it. And I want other people to take notice. And I believe it's going to help somebody. It's going to help the people who are in the same position as me. And so that's the only reason why or and or it well, it has to be both really. And I really like the person. I really like the person. But you just can't do that. And then when you have something that you're promoting, you can't be discouraged or jaded when they don't reciprocate. Because if that's the case and you were keeping score and you were doing it for selfish reasons, you know, you just have to say, why am I going to do this? It's kind of like loaning money, right? And so when Brett and I first were in a position where we could truly help people without it being any hardship for us, where we, we could loan people money because they were in need, we would always ask ourselves, can we loan this money and be okay if we never get a dollar back? If we never, ever, ever hear from this person again, are we okay with that? And if the answer is, eh, it would cause some problems or it would cause some friction or it's too much money. Or if the answer is it would cause some problems and we don't loan the money, it's not the right reason. And so that's how we evaluate anything that we're going to promote is we say, if we never hear from this person again, we'll be bummed because we thought there's a connection. But if they never send for us, if they never get behind us, if they never, you know, if it was just a selfish relationship on their side, then so be it. That's not how we saw it, but we will operate by doing things because we like the person and we think it serves the people who are most like us. So my recommendation is fill other people's wells and lead with that. So that you never are thirsty. People will tend to reach out for you and they won't say, what can I do for you? They will already know enough about you. They know how they can help you. And that's pretty huge. Okay, just a couple of quick tips about networking in person because most of the examples that I've given for you relate to networking online, which again, I don't love that word. I wish we could call it just connecting online, right? Just connecting online. I can tell you this. Most people say, I'm not interested in doing that because I don't like to you know, ask people for things. I don't like to push. I don't like to sell. And if you look at the top people, name the organization. It doesn't matter whether it's doTERRA or Beachbody or Amway or it doesn't matter what it is. Look at the top people. They all are really good at connecting with people. They're not pushy. They don't sell. They're not looking out for them. 
It's a common trait amongst the top people in any organization. They don't sell. They're not the ones who are, you know, looking for a hashtag and then underneath it going, hey, I, I noticed that you posted something about a workout here. Uh, my name is Shalene Johnson. And if you'd like, I can help you meet all of your health and fitness goals. Nobody's reaching out to you for that because there's no connection. So the top people in all organizations know to connect. And that's the key is not looking at it as networking, but as in connecting and serving people. Now, let's talk about when we're at an in-person event. So a couple things I want to help make this a little easier for you, because I know a lot of you are going to be coming out here next week for smart success. Okay, number one, don't lead with your resume. Lead with questions, mention what you do a little bit, but then zip it and ask questions. Number two, don't overlook people who don't look like you. Never overlook those people. In fact, I would rather you seek them out. Seek out people who don't. They're not your age. They're not your race. They're not your height. They don't dress like you. They don't look like you. Sit down with them and figure out what their story is. It's just like that show, Undercover Boss. All of these people have a story. And I want it to be your goal to uncover it because that's where we find true connection. And then lastly, it's make sure that you walk into a situation like that where you're feeling uncomfortable with a different mindset. And the mindset is should not be self-centered, self-focused, like, oh boy, everyone is looking at me. People think I'm, I don't belong here. Everyone else has been here before. Everyone else knows what they're doing. They must be looking at me like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to dress. I don't know, I'm not the right stage. I don't, you know, all those things that go through our head when we're feeling insecure in just about any environment, whether it's a party or a seminar. That is thinking that's really focused on ourselves. It's selfish thinking. The best way to enter that scenario is to imagine that you're the most confident person in the room and everyone else is freaking out that you are judging them, just you, right? And so if every conversation you approach it like this, I'm gonna make this person feel so comfortable. I'm gonna make this person feel at ease and relax. I'm gonna make this person realize I like them and I'm gonna take care of them. So if you enter into that environment thinking, I'm going to take care of people, it's crazy how your anxiety level will drop, you'll feel better about yourself, people will connect more with you, you let your guard down, you're more yourself, and you'll probably have a really great time. But don't forget to write down the person's name, and my very last tip is this, you probably will wanna follow up with this person. There's a right way, and a wrong way to do that. The wrong way is to, when you're not sure, like sometimes you're just sure, you're like, you know, you've been hanging out the whole time and you're like best friends now and you're braiding each other's hair at lunch and you're, you know, swapping shoes, like you're besties. You're already on the same plane. But when you're not sure, you've just had a few conversations, I would suggest you say, I'd love to stay, we should stay in touch. Just say that. Don't say this. Hey, can I get your number? It doesn't even matter if it's the same sex. Like it doesn't even matter if it's like a purely platonic thing because you know what I mean? Like, like my number is sacred. You know what I mean? Like, in fact, I've got two numbers. I got a real number and I got a Google number. Get a Google number just in case somebody asks you. But then you've got this like, you know, that awkward moment. It's like, do I really want to give my number? Right? Or your email address. 
Don't ask for something that's going to put that other person in an awkward position, especially when it's someone who it's, they feel like you're probably trying to network or status climbing, right? You know, when you meet someone who's like, really wants to be on your podcast and really wants you to do a Facebook shout out, really wants you to mentor them. And they're like, hey, you know, it's like, oh, it's it's not appropriate. So I think the best way to make that introduction is like the way you would on a date. Do you guys ever watch dating shows? Whenever the guy is like, can I kiss you? I'm always like, oh God, date over. That is the worst thing ever. That is hashtag don't ever do it. Hashtag dorky. Hashtag I'm sorry. I can't stand that. When I see that on one of those dating shows, I'm like, oh my, would it be okay if I held your hand? I'm like, dude, that's not confidence. Just grab her hand. You know, if you're not sure, then don't do it. Say this. We should do this again. I love when they say that. Like, we should do this again. It's what I like to think of as a bid or like an invitation. It's like a, hey, but when you're in kind of like a fight or a tiff or a disagreement with your significant other and neither of you have apologized yet. And then you get that little text that it's not a lovey text. It's not a I'm sorry text. It's what I call a bid. It's like an invitation to see. So where are you at right now? Right? So it's a, how's it going? Right? And then you're like, oh, okay. I see where you are. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of thing where it's like, we should stay in touch. And the other person will then say, yeah, we should. Let's exchange emails or we should, you know, so don't throw them up against a wall and say, are we having a second date? And can I kiss you? You know what I mean? Or like, am I, are you going to have me on my podcast or what? Just give them a bid and don't forget to take notes, write down what you remember about them, what their name is, their kids, family, all that stuff. So that the seminar or the event that you go to becomes that much more special, not because of the content, but because of the people in the room. You guys, every live event that you go to, it is not the content that's being taught. It is the people around you that will change your life. But you have to be open to it because the right people are there. There is no coincidence that somebody very special who's going to change your life is going to this very same event on the very same day and meets you. That's huge. And you have to be open to that. And you have to really like receive and be interested in people because that'll be like way better than any of the content that you're going to read. I don't care who you're listening to. It'll be way better than any of the content that you receive is the connections that you'll make when you're at a live event. So to my introverts, here is my call to action. Here's my challenge to you. Schedule two events this year, two events where the right kind of people, and when I say the right kind of people, people are moving up and lifting up. Schedule two events where you're going to meet some of those people because that will change your life. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousCompetenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337. And that is for U.S. residents. 
then just send me the word confidence and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you wanna be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.